Now, was he properly identified as Samoe or Kendall Lawrence? Oh, 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 that's what we call a teaser, sir. That, uh, is, what, that is what we call a tease <laughs> in this visit. That's also what we call me still being pretty f***ing angry. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers... I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 39 of the 2 and Out CFL podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Club. Saskrush.com is where you need to go for 2017 season tickets, right, John? Absolutely. And championship merchandise has arrived. It is going quickly. If you need season tickets, talk to my boy Drew. Saskrush.com. Call the office here in Saskatoon or just go online and check out that sweet championship merchandise. I promise it's not choked with all the champagne we drank that night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last week, uh, before we really get rolling, a couple... Ugh, just uh, terrible things happen in the world. Uh, we lost Mr. Hockey, Gordy Howe, yeah. uh, but what, 88 years old? Uh, one of the greatest players of all time. My favorite Gordy Howe stat is that he only has two Gordy Howe hat tricks in his career. But it just seems like such a, a fitting stat for the kind of player he was. He yeah. could burn you with a pass, burn you with a deke, burn you with a shot. And it was uh, him being from Saskatoon. It was cool. An opportunity to actually speak to a goaltender who played against him briefly. His name uh, Jack Norris. Lives out in Delisle now. There's your small town Saskatchewan shout out. <laughs> and it was just cool chatting with him and saying, like, what made him so good? He's like, basically, if you stop Gordy, he would run over you. And that <laughs> hurt more than any one of his shots. So, But at the same time, he he said he got to play with Gordy alongside him in a charity hockey game a few years later, and he he turned to him and he said, "Hey, hey, Gordy, you know, um, can I have a? Do you have a souvenir? Can you sign something?" He signs the stick he used in this charity game and said, "Here you go, Jack. Keep that forever," kind of thing. So Gordy, a gentleman off the ice and a mean son of a biscuit on it. Yeah, we also want to uh, mention what happened in Orlando uh, over the weekend. It's it's hard to talk about. Uh, the world is a scary place these days, so uh, we're st- we still got to do our part to uh, accept everybody and uh, entertain and take you away from the terrible world, I think, once a week. I, I say, you know what, Trav? Let's shut her down here for let's just 10 seconds, a moment of silence. for those. When we start off the show like that, I think we got to have a brief moment of silence. All right, bud? For me, uh, I woke up to that news Sunday morning because on Saturday night, it was my high school reunion. Those are still a thing. I think that was the number one question we got. And I myself, now that I'm over sounding like an angry Muppet from the cold I had a week ago, um, it was a real killer. Um, My first question was, people still have high school reunions and people go to them? Yeah, well, thanks to uh, Joe Pritchard uh, filling in. He didn't sound like an angry Muppet uh, last week, so thank you to him for stepping up and coming up on the show. Uh, Yeah, I I guess I have a soft spot for my hometown and my time. I wasn't one of those guys. Well, I'm a positive person, you can tell. It's true. I don't hate uh, where I came from, and I don't hate who I went to school with, but a lot of people do, and uh, they chose not to go and that's fine beers were 475 so that's pretty good in this day and age and they had a big buffet oh this was awesome dude uh so they had (laughs) i'm sorry of course it's the two of us it turns it's not about the memories you had it's the cheap beer and the big buffet well they had the caesar salad but after that they had pierogies cabbage rolls and chicken cordon bleu man 
Now that sounds like your typical small town Saskatchewan, medium sized town Saskatchewan <laughs> kind of buffet. Did you um, <laughs> challenge anybody to pierogi eat off after one too many of those beers? I didn't. I uh, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed in you. You you of all men who flaunt your pierogi eating prowess on a fairly regular basis on our Twitter <laughs> feed, you didn't like like people would probably think you'd want to fight. You'd probably walk up and be like, hey. With your big, scary beard and large shoulders and go, you want to make something of this? <laughs> you, me, most pierogies consumed right frickin' now. <laughs> well, and Glendon, Alberta, I don't know if you've ever been there, John, but they have a, it's about uh, about 45 minutes west of uh, Cold Lake, Alberta, a little bit. I, of I, a- think, I think I was there for a small event once when I was working radio in Lloydminster. And they have a giant pierogi with a fork sticking through it. It's about 15 feet ta- tall. It's just absolutely incredible. And I'm, yes, in, the, I'm in the record books there uh, for the uh, f- most or the fastest. So I did 12 pierogies in 18 seconds. That's that. That's that's in it, like full size pierogies at eighteen seconds. Yes. Did you swallow them like a duck or did you chew? I, well, you can't chew, man. You're losing. You'll fall behind the pack. So, so uh, you basically sat there and ate like a duck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my pierogi eating expertise. We had some fun on uh, Twitter. I say if there's a down east kitchen party at Grey Cup. Why not have a Ukrainian feast one night at Grey Cup? I guarantee people would show up. For oh, that. 100% they would. And we could, like, you know, maybe this is how we get our paid for trip to Grey Cup this year, Travis. Oh, we I could like travel get- around and bet people that I can eat pierogies faster than them? Exactly. You could slowly <laughs> start raising money for our trip and then, like, have the pierogi eating championship one night at Grey Cup. Oh, this is an idea. The two-and-out pierogi eating championship at the 104th Grey Cup. And you know what would be fantastic is I feel like you could get a championship belt, and I'd be like your manager, like old-school 80s WWF (laughs) style, and I could just sit here and listen to you cut promos and stand in the back and, like, club anybody (laughs) if they were about to get close, like steel chair to the back. Oh, this is something. I don't know how to get – how to be an official sanctioned Grey Cup Festival party, but we need to find out. Well, if you and I had any kind of money – and we do have some very lovely sponsors this year, which, again, still floors me that people want to get on board with this. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, maybe maybe our lovely sponsors can make it happen, and then I can just ambush somebody with a steel chair if they get a little too close to your pierogi title, and we can all watch you eat like a duck. Nice. So uh, we do have another sponsor. We'll mention them very, very soon. Uh, one more note from the high school reunion. I graduated with Brazilian Ty. He was not there. But let me tell you this. The whole grad class... It's like, where are you now kind of thing. Hey, I'm doing radio in Red Deer, Alberta, and everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Brazilian Thai? Getting Manzillions in Winnipeg, Manitoba. (laughs) (laughs) So I had so much fun telling that story to everybody, and uh, everybody is judging him, whether he knows it or not, really hard right now, and that was my goal. Hey, it's Brazilian Thai back with another edition of Getting Waxed here on the 2 and Out CFL Podcast. Preseason games have started, and the True Diard fans have been able to get a look at some fringe roster players in the first week that may be able to crack the 46-man roster, and they can say, hey, I remember when. One game in particular from week one of the preseason stood out to me, and one decision in general. Montreal Alouettes made the trek to IG Field. Now, don't even get me started on that stadium, but I digress, to take on the Blue Bombers. A great opportunity for the home fans to see the new acquisitions of Ryan Smith, Justin Medlock, and of course, hometown hero Andrew Harris. What they got traded to is what some Alouette fans should be calling the Montreal Screwjob. For some reason, Jim Pop decided to dress six quarterbacks. Yes, six of the eight that they have in camp. Now, I long ago stopped trying to understand what Pop does on the sidelines because it just doesn't make any sense to me and makes my head hurt. But to have Kevin Glenn in the game for over a quarter made absolutely no sense to me. The last two years, the Alouettes have been an absolute dumpster fire when it comes to the quarterback position. Week to week, you could basically throw a dart at a cluster of pictures and pick the starter. Last season, mainly due to the injury situation with Jonathan Crompton, they used five different starting quarterbacks, including Canadian Brandon Bridge, before they traded for Kevin Glenn. Going through that many QBs just shows how unprepared they were for an injury to their starter, which was something to say about the depth of the position, which can be solely put on the shoulders of Jim Pop put the team together. Now coming into this year with a 37-year-old starter and known commodity at the position, 
wouldn't it make sense to try to find out what you have in case the worst possible scenario happens? Not according to Pop. The most attempts by a quarterback other than Kevin Glenn was six by Rakeem Cato. I don't know what you expect to learn about the players when you don't give them a shot to play and show something in the preseason and get into a rhythm. Maybe it gets lost in translation, but hey, it's all French to me. Before I go, when I saw the BC Lions in New Jersey, I honestly thought that they were the best-looking ones out of the nine new designs. Then I saw them on Saturday night. Black and orange jerseys, standard. Love the shoulder design. I'm indifferent to the tram snap idea, but seriously, red helmets? When did red become a color for the Lions? They looked ridiculously stupid. Honestly. Minor detail, I know, but come on, be better. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Brazilian underscore tie or in section G2 at Commonwealth Stadium as one of the newest season seat holders. Maybe I'm getting drawn into the dark side. Darth Vader was pretty cool after all. Anyways, remember to keep your wax hot and your strips clean. Now back to Travis and John on the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Let's get to the news brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the 2 and Out podcast. Awesome. Before we start the news, thank you to Bomb Energy Drink for coming on to 2 and Out. The 2 and Out team, they're a part of it. Now, if you want to try Bomb, you can go to their website, drinkbomb.com. They're on the Dragon's Den, which means that's awesome. Yes, that makes them probably the bravest people out of this entire podcast team. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like, you and I should go on the Dragon's Den and sell them our podcast. I like it. I, you know what? I think I think we're on to something, but I would just be terrified the minute they'd be like, what's your valuation? And be like, I don't know, a trip to Grey Cup? <laughs> you own 50%? We'll share, we'll share our Sask Rush swag and bomb energy drink with you? <laughs> They're a proudly Canadian company, so make sure you check them out online. You can actually order uh, their product online as great well. great stuff. I, I, I live off of energy energy drinks on some of the long days that we have and when we got a case of bomb and i've tried it previously but when i got that case showing up at my door i was ear to ear grin like the cheshire cat (laughs) you know what i'm glad they're on board i don't think there could be a more perfect sponsor for a couple of caffeine addicted radio guys yes you got that right now uh on on saturday we had a triple header of uh, CFL football, well, only one of the games were on TV. That was the Riders and the Lions. We'll, we'll get to that game later. But before the games, we had a T- TSN bring around the table back. Oh, it was excellent. Yeah, and you can bet they'll be on a lot more uh, before the season starts. Especially if the power situation at Mosaic Stadium is much like it was in that in that first half. Like, holy cheese. Like, the power goes out for 90 minutes. You know what? Like, two things. For one, veteran maneuver by the CFL to just say, you know, by, the T- by TSN, pardon me, to come on and say, hey, we're in a long delay. Let's throw on an episode of Around the Table. Because yeah. I wasn't even home from, I was calling some junior lacrosse that night, doing a little play-by-play. So I got home. I got to watch it. Really great conversation. I thought that's a great program. But I got to tip my hat to my friend and a guest on this show, Rod Peterson, because he had nothing to go to during that 90-minute delay at (laughs) halftime. So Rod had an unplanned 90-minute halftime show. And you know what? I was listening to a good good 20 to 30 (laughs) minutes of it on my drive back from where they were playing lacrosse. And Rod was top-notch. It was entertaining. It was informative. And, uh, yeah, I got to tip my cap to, uh, to a friend and a mentor of mine in uh, Rod Peterson for I mean like I would just be dumbfounded I would just be like taking song requests like hey who wants to come on the radio and sing with me (laughs) and we haven't uh uh my PVR I didn't extend it by three hours or whatever so I haven't been able to watch the end of the game yet Uh, I hope it's available TSN on demand so I can watch that but uh, apparently some kids or I don't know what exactly happened there was a confetti cannon was it at the game that it got- no, it, it was from what I can see. There was a tweet that uh, again Rod retweeted uh, that it was like one of those confetti cannons you can buy with at a, like a fireworks store. It's like somebody set it off, probably out of celebration or just kids being kids or whatever, and aimed it at this transformer. The lines touched transformer blew up. They actually dropped the confetti cannon. So there's a picture out there on Twitter of the offending confetti cannon uh, that nearly blew up Mosaic Stadium and nearly canceled the preseason game. Wow. It was a cool picture seeing everybody holding up their cell phone lights, uh, lighting up that old girl. They also had a show on called Why 
Fired Up 2015, hosted by a Dutchie from TSN, and it was all the players mic'd up from last year. If you wow. can watch that, it's really cool. Simone Lawrence, the king of trash talk. It is absolutely uh, awesome. What? What? Now, was he properly identified as Samoe or Kendall Lawrence? Oh, oh, oh that's what we call a teaser, sir. That, uh, is what, that is what we call a tease <laughs> in this business. That's also what we call me still being pretty f***ing angry. <laughs> John Fraser is very angry. Get ready uh, because we, we got an angry Elka rant coming up in about five minutes. A uh, quick note from Winnipeg. I think this is cool. Justin Medlock will donate $100 per yard over 45 yards uh, for every field goal at home this season to Variety Manitoba. Now, obviously, Medlock's going to have the kicking job in Winnipeg, but Sergio is having a good showing this preseason. He may not be playing for a job on Winnipeg, but he's playing for a job maybe elsewhere once once uh, injuries start uh, piling up. I, I think Sergio has a future in uh, this league. Now, uh, I, I feel like, Travis, you need to start playing Take My Breath Away just underneath this <laughs> right now. As I just remember my man crush on Sergio. Yes, I you just, were going to get his jersey if they made the playoffs. Uh, they sure didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, but I still part of me still wants to get a Sergio jersey and not say Castillo. But say Sergio just on the back. It's first with name. one with one name. Are, are you still playing the Take My Breath Away? I can't. I can't quite hear it in my I'm head. Still playing. Still a little it. stuffed up. Um, but man, <laughs> do I have a man crush on that guy? I don't know. He's just like I've never had a man full up bro crush on a kicker. But that guy, and it's gonna break my heart when I watch him get traded to another CFL team and come back and kick the winning kick against the Bombers in probably a key game. And then I'm gonna feel so conflicted with my Sergio jersey being worn. And him eviscerating my football team. Sergio! Sergio! Oh, no! <laughs> In training camp so far, injuries have been pretty light this year, especially when it comes to major injuries. Now, uh, the Eskimos learned on Monday that John Ojo, um, 26 years old, he made the all-star team last year as a rookie. He will miss the season due to a ruptured Achilles. Now, last week, uh, actually a couple weeks ago now, you had mentioned that uh, the Eskimo defense is going to struggle. They're going to finish fourth or fifth this year. Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast takes issue with this. Uh, so he will be joining the show later on to uh, talk about. Am I, uh, am I being called out? Are we actually doing a live beef on uh, on the podcast? Yes, you guys are going to have a formal debate like Trump and Clinton, and then uh, decide <laughs> what's Is going it to be. Huge. <laughs> because- <laughs> hey, hey, Travis, this debate it's going to be huge. <laughs> And you guys uh, have a bet going, so we have to decide what yeah, the wager. Yeah, we haven't decided what that wager is. Yes. We've, de- we've decided. The weird thing is, we've decided. Uh, so Andrew says they're going to finish top two. I say they're going to finish bottom two. And if they finish in third, we both have to do something that's not real unpleasant, but just a little unpleasant, like drinking a lukewarm <laughs> coffee, not a cold coffee, because a cold <laughs> coffee is just fine. Not a hot coffee, but a lukewarm coffee. And and my suggestion was drink orange juice after you brush your teeth. That's another good one. I think I think you know what I see like a whole breakfast routine coming on here. <laughs> So uh, we're looking forward to talking to Andrew a little later on. As for other major injuries, things have been quite okay. Well, I, I can tell you at Ryder Camp, we got an update on a couple major guys today directly yeah. from the mouth of head coach and GM Chris Jones. Uh, Justin Capicotti is being kept out more for precautionary reasons. Uh, I wish I had the clip to run uh, with us, but just to paraphrase what Jones said, he basically said, I know what Capicotti can do. I don't need to see him on the field. Uh, he's a ratio guy. I need him to be healthy. And uh, if I need to see how good he is, I'll watch last year's film. He says Jeff Knox Jr. also kind of in that same spot. So Ryder fans, don't be worried that two of your key defensive guys have really only taken part in one day of practice. Jones isn't worried. And remember, Saskatchewan does have a bye week to start the regular season. Jeff Keeping uh, for Winnipeg. Oh, they, that hurts. <laughs> that one does hurt. Offensive lineman, veteran guy brought in uh, to shore up that line and hopefully keep uh, Willie upright. He's going to miss eight weeks, so basically the first two months of the season. Uh, other training camp news. Brandon Banks got there. I believe it was Friday he landed 
Um, He's finally in Hamilton. That's another one of those guys where (laughs) you know what he's going to provide. Yeah, uh, barring injury, they they had to, he had to figure out some legal uh, family stuff, and uh, they they restructured his contract. He gets paid the same; he just gets more upfront money now. So, Ticats fans, they had a big sigh of relief there. As far as cuts go, it is the uh, first cut down day uh, yesterday, and there wasn't really that many uh, surprises. The riders, there were a couple surprises. Uh, to get under 65, uh, for me, Dan West was uh, competing to play safety, but uh, he got let go. I guess uh, Jones. Oh no, he he's well he's well behind two other guys from the right. get go in uh, in Greg Newman, and now they've also moved guys like like Francis has been moved back there. He he's really yeah. emerged. Uh, you're looking at like just basically a handful of players that that West was put behind. Um, so yeah, Greg Newman, uh, Matt Webster. You're, you're just looking at the names that have piled up there to play that Canadian safety spot, and Dan West just was never in the picture from the get go. There were some receivers that were a little bit hyped uh, out of the minicamp. Marquez Clark, but he's gone. S.J. Hydera was a uh, draft pick, uh, I think, last year. He's gone as well. As far as Calgary goes, no real surprises there. I was a little bit surprised by Brandon Thurman, but uh, they bring in Jagarit Davis, and he's having a great camp, so he might be the guy uh, playing defensive end opposite of Charleston Hughes. As for the Lions, two... uh, (laughs) Uh, draft picks from this year uh, got let go. So uh, Wally, uh, they might be headed back to school, though. So that might be a thing playing another year uh, in the CIS. Absolutely. And, I mean, you never see – the first cut-down day is never where you really see no. any kind of surprises. Everybody gets all hot and bothered for it and gets their jimmies in a bunch. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it always just kind of goes, you're right. You're seeing guys that, you know, never were really going to fit. Like, I look at S.J. Hydera. Uh, he's buried behind some of the Canadian receivers yeah. in Saskatchewan. As I mentioned, Dan West is the same way. You know, with some of the emergence of, of some of these guys, like like Jordan Reeves on the defensive line, uh, who was a Winnipeg Blue Bomber receiver and a former basketball star, you know, all of a sudden there's another Canadian sniffing around defensive line. You saw the Riders cut a couple defensive linemen. So, you know what? Nobody really surprises me. Uh, and I think the surprising ones really happen after this weekend's action of preseason. And what makes John Fraser mad? That's coming up in uh, two minutes here. I promise you. We will get some more angry Elks in uh, this episode. Oh, get it. Oh, get it ready. Get (laughs) it ready. Back this year's Two and Out CFL podcast, uh, Pick'em on pick'em.cfl.ca. If you were in the group last year, it kind of reactivates. You're already still uh, in there. If not, make sure you find our group on there. We have a group as well on TSN Fantasy, and our Fantasy League is full as well. Tuesday the 21st is when uh, we'll be having our uh, draft. Brazilian Ty will uh, be managing the team this year. Hopefully he gets no wins, please. He's gonna, why, why? Okay, out of the three of us, <laughs> out of the three of us, who is by far the worst of CFL fantasy as long as we've known each other? Tyrell. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Like, and why the hell did we put him in charge of the team? That's exactly why. <laughs> we already had to shell out a dozen donuts in a Tim's Take 10 last year. <laughs> And now there's like two guys from my city, so I might have to pay, and I'm cheap. Okay, Tyrell talks one minute a week on the show. He's got time. Uh, that, sure. That's fair. That's fair. You know, <laughs> not that I do a whole heck of a lot other than sound like an angry Muppet and yell a lot. I'm sure he'll take issue to me saying that, but that that's exactly why he is uh, managing the team this year. And this Sunday, I guess, we're taking part in this the CFL podcast fantasy league. Uh, I will be drafting for that, uh, John. So don't, don't worry about uh, Tyrell making us look bad. You better. And I know this is all being recorded on Skype as you represent <laughs> our podcast. If you, if you don't at least text me for a couple of picks, we, this might be a real awkward one man podcast for a week or so. Oh man. I'll, I'll text you. Uh, trust me. But John, I we'll, have a we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk draft strategy off air okay okay awesome john do we have stats yet no we don't this is brutal okay trav okay okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try my best to stay reasonably calm 
so at least I can form a good argument. Okay, so we've been expecting a new website uh, all season long. I think in uh, during Grey Cup week they had announced that it would happen during February. Uh, yeah, and it's obvi- and it's obviously been rushed. I mean, they yeah. don't have they didn't have live stats up for a while ago, and and I, I don't want to hammer on the league too much because they've actually been remarkably good to us uh, in terms of getting us in on what we're made of and, and doing several other things and, and reaching out and we're still in negotiations to possibly have Jeffrey Orridge come on this podcast and I hope what I'm about to say doesn't jeopardize it but right now as a guy who does this for a living I'm so f***ing sick of their inability to get any kind of stats up in today's day and age. Like, this is unbelievably frustrating. Obviously, the new website wasn't ready, but you went out and said, we're going to have it ready by this date. Like, guys, until it's ready, don't put it up. What what drove me nuts is I, in my full-time profession, I do a a feature called Know Your Riders. It's essentially a minute-long vignette on the rider players. Now, this year, there was a pile of new Saskatchewan Rough Riders players pile of them so yeah. i'm going through these and they're just basic profiles hey he played ncaa at this school he put up this many yards with this team blah 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 and i started noticing a disturbing trend i would probably say a good half of the players i was looking up didn't have any stats and we're not talking about guys that are new to the league i can understand if you don't have nick Dembski stats that's fine but to not have a guy like otha foster stats is utter <laughs> guy's been in the league for a while Played on the Grey Cup champions. How can I not tell my listeners how many tackles he's had? So I do what most angry people do. I take to Twitter. League responds, says, hey, email this guy and he'll get you all the stats from last year. And I, you know what? That's fine. It's just, it's a very hard. The way that CFL media PDFs are sorted, they can be a little bit difficult to sort through. Uh, it's a lot of information and it can be difficult to sort through. So I reach out to, I, I forget who they told me, put me in touch with. And I'm not throwing any individuals under the bus. Um, I didn't get the stats until several hours later. It was actually Mark Fulton of Three Down Nation was the first one to reach out and say, listen, I've got all the stats from last year. Do you want them emailed? Mark had them to me in two minutes. This is a guy who works for a website that has nothing to do with the league. And again, thank you, Mark. I was actually able to do my job. So again, I talked to the CFL. This would have probably been in April. I said, guys, I get it. This sucks. Yep. You know what? You, you The website isn't working. I get it. It's making my life difficult, but you'll have it up by the regular season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have it up by the regular season. So, Travis, I'd like to do an experiment right now. Okay. And this is the core issue of my beef. I would like you to Google John Fraser John. ASHL Saskatoon stats right now. All right, I can okay. type pretty fast. That's one of my uh, little-known uh, skills. Okay, uh, now click. First and you link. Probably, you, do you see it in front of you? <laughs> yes, I, I clicked the top link, and I got your stats. Wonderful. Okay, so I have a couple questions to verify that, yes, you are on the correct page. Okay. Uh, what's my number? What team did I play primarily for? John Fraser, number 18 with the Saskatoon Phantoms. How many goals did I have in my first year of ASHL hockey? John Fraser, a rookie, 2011-2012, 11 goals in 27 games. I have now had nine in my other season, so we won't bring that up. <laughs> okay? okay? So you can go to my rec hockey league, my men's rec hockey league, and find my stats from 2011-2012. Yes. Travis, next up, I'd like you to search Kendall Lawrence CFL stats. Lawrence CFL stats. Obviously, the first result is the man I'm looking for. Yes, that is him. How many all-purpose yards did he have in 2014? Uh, (laughs) It doesn't have that. It doesn't have Kendall Lawrence's return yards. Receiving, rushing, it does not have return yards. And you can get all the game logs, but you don't have things like return yards. And oh, by the way, at least they don't have the wrong f***ing picture up there anymore. Yeah, there's no picture now. I would like to send a big personal thank you to the CFL for making me look like a complete and utter jackass earlier this week. This is part two of the rant. This one, to me, a little more embarrassing, and I was honestly personally a lot more offended and generally, you think when you get something from a league, you think it's going to be accurate. For that sure. was an assumption I made, and it made me look like an ass. I also write 
part of my job involves writing articles on a small website called saskatoonhomepage.ca. Basically, when I write something for the radio, it is my responsibility to transcribe, copy, and also write it as a web version. Right now, during writer training camp, it's a go-to place for everything I'm writing right now. Please check it out. So what happened when the writer signed Kendall Lawrence, I did up a quick graphic. You've now seen the screenshot because it was brought to our attention by our friends at uh, the New Rouge Radio. And again, it wasn't done with malice. They said, well, this is embarrassing because this nice little graphic design on SaskatoonHomePage.ca is actually Simone Lawrence of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And not knowing who wrote it, I reached out to the boys. I said, hey, guys, here's the deal. Here's what happened. I have access to the team's official headshots, again, as a full-blown media member. So, I go in. There are no official headshots for Kendall Lawrence from last year in Edmonton or the year before in Edmonton or when he broke into the league with Hamilton. So, I go to the league's official website. I Google Kendall Lawrence CFL. And at that time, where you now see a blank space on that page, Travis Curra, was a picture of a player who... I assumed was Kendall Lawrence because, pardon me, I can't under, I can't recognize every single CFL player when I see them without a bucket on or without a jersey. I assumed because it was on the league's official website under the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Like, oh, well, he's wearing Hamilton colors. He broke into the league with Hamilton. Maybe it's an old picture. Whatever. I take the photo, put it in the graphic design, post it, only to be called out by not just New Rouge who did it because they know us and they have, I believe, a great deal of mutual respect. By the way, should mention uh, they're promoting Dan Ukrainian's CFL Fantasy Guide. Holy crap. Go get that today. You'll win your league. Uh, <laughs> I want to have Dan on another day. That's that's the happy part of this rant. Uh, and I meant to give Dan a shout out much, much earlier. Um, because, yeah, the amount of work that, that him and Dave Dawson put into that is unbelievable. It's an unbelievable guide. Holy crap. Anyways, um, those boys brought it up because I think we have a great deal of mutual respect. They said, hey, this is kind of embarrassing. Once it was me, we had a good laugh about it, made some jokes about not finding stats, things like that. There were other people who reached out and said, you're a f***ing amateur for doing stuff like this. Yes, I received hate mail for an article. Really? Because I took a headshot from the CFL's website, said it was Kendall Lawrence, and posted it into my story. Like, come on, guys. It's been a long time since I told somebody to get better. CFL, get better. Come on, guys. you got a massive staff. You're a professional league. There's no reason that you should have wrong headshots up there, and there's no reason I should be able to find out my 11-goal season from five years ago in rec hockey easier than I find out Kendall Lawrence's return stats. You embarrassed me. You embarrassed me because you couldn't have the right headshot up there. You've limited my ability to do my job on multiple times when I could probably give you a full recap of whatever the hell happened to the Adult Safe Hockey League the night before. I don't know who's doing it over there. And I don't know if your new website wasn't ready and you launched it early. I get that. It happens, guys. It happens. But to continually act like there's no problem when I could... I was trying to write a recap of the opening preseason game between Montreal and Winnipeg. Guess what? I couldn't get stats. You got me stats at noon the next day. That's 2 o'clock your time. Great. Com- you've completely missed the morning run, which is what I do. I don't know... I don't know what needs to be done. And I'm not saying heads should roll. I'm just saying everyone that works on that website needs to look themselves in the mirror and start gi- start giving a sh- about the kind of work they're doing. Because right now, it's pretty damn obvious. None of you give a f- The website has a ton of potential. Live up to it. And I hope, I hope, but I doubt. I doubt because of your track record that any of this is going to be ready to go by the end of June. Hey, CFL, hashtag, it's June yet. Your site's not ready. Fix it. I am, you're right. I'm, I'm worried that it's not going to be ready by the time June 23rd rolls around. That's only eight days. Uh, and I tried to write a recap for the uh, preseason game as well, cflpass.ca. I, <laughs> I had to talk out of my ass because there was no stats uh, available. Yeah, I mean, and that was the same thing. I basically had to say, well, here's the score. Especially the the extra painful part is, is again, working in Saskatchewan where – the um, one of the quarterbacks for our local CIS team, the U of S Huskies, Drew Burko, got into the game with Montreal. One of the seven yeah. quarterbacks Montreal dressed and played. 
I happened to, I was at Slow Pitch that night. I was out enjoying a night off because my workday already during Rough Rider training camp is starting at around 4 in the morning and ending between 1 and 2 in the afternoon. I'm fine with that. That's part of the gig. I'm not bitching. I love my job. I love what I do. I got a pretty good gig. But the fact is that I couldn't tell our listeners and our readers what Drew Burko did that game when he got into the game. It's Bush League. But you know what? If Drew Burko would have played men's adult rec hockey that night, I could have told you exactly what Drew Burko did. I'd hope he gets more than 11 goals, too. <laughs> you, you know, see, the 11's a pretty good season. 11 and 27 it's games. That's not a bad, that's not a bad year. Not it's bad. the nine goals over the last four years before my retirement this year. <laughs> but you know what, Travis? I am a hell of a curler. Hey, you are. You are. You're a hell of a beer drinker and you're a hell of a ranter. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'm good at I'm good at yelling, curling, and beer drinking. Hey, actually, those all kind of fit with curling, yelling, and beer drinking. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm such a good damn curler. That is curling. <laughs> Makes sense, big guy. Awesome. Let's talk about uh, uh, the preseason games that have happened before we wrap up the show. Very quickly, BC beats Saskatchewan twenty eight sixteen. I think we already talked about uh, the power outage. I'm interested to see where does Matt Walter fit onto the team in uh, Saskatchewan. Is he going to be uh, the running back? I know Curtis Steele has the Curtis Steele's. Curtis Steele's going to be the guy. Um, is, is Terrence Cobb the backup though? He got the bulk of the carries on that game. I know it was preseason game one, but does Matt Walter end up being a special teamer, or what happens with him? I think Matt Walter is probably going to slide into a special teams role. Um, I just don't think he's shown quite enough in training camp. Uh, Curtis Steele was, I didn't realize what a Chris Jones guy he was. When you talk to Chris Jones pretty well from day one of camp, all of us reporters thought, well, geez, there's some sort of, there is some sort of, you know, competition here at running back. And from day one, it's been like, nah, cursed my guy. Curtis, my guy. Curtis, my guy. That's a terrible <laughs> Tennessee accent, and that is of great Not disrespect bad. to Chris Jones. Uh, you know what? Hey, 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 I don't. I just don't want to disrespect Chris Jones. Uh, I happen to uh, have a great deal of respect for him as a coach, and in his dealings with the media, he's a straight up gentleman. Uh, that that's on a total different tangent. But you know what? I I don't. I think maybe they thought about if Matt Walter could show enough, he could go. They could go Canadian at that spot, but he was unable to. Um, I like keeping him around. I mean, keep Canadians. They can actually play on offense uh, around. I just don't know what his role is going to be. At the end of the day, uh, I think Saskatchewan will go as Darian Durant goes. I don't think there's any issues on the defense, though. Uh, They proved that that front seven in Saskatchewan is going to help them compete in a lot of games uh, this year. Yeah. As for BC, Jeremiah Johnson might be emerging as the running back. There he was a touchdown vulture for Ottawa last year, and uh, he he might be the big bruiser in uh, BC this year. Let's go to uh, Toronto. BMO Field opened up uh, with the Ticats coming to town. The Argos win 25-16. By all accounts, it looks like uh, Argo fans are really going to enjoy uh, being able to tailgate at the stadium. Not only are you are you having sanctioned tailgating at the stadium, which looks like a great time, and is a now, is it just me, Travis, or is that already snuck onto Muscos and CFL stadiums? Yeah, it. Oh man. It looked it looked it looked awesome. So it tailgating did. looks awesome. They've got some marketing dollars to put behind the team. I think for uh, years of being on life support, the the Argos have made a miraculous recovery, coming off the off off the deck, and they're back. They're gonna do some strength. I think you're gonna see a lot more people come out to games. They're gonna try to appeal to more people. Outdoor venues to me always just have so much more of an appeal. Um, tailgating, it's just it's it's really I I really enjoy it. I also I can't name who. But uh, a good friend of mine actually made his CFL officiating debut uh, in that game, too. He was a member of the crew that worked at BMO Field. Uh, so a big uh, tip of the cap to, to my friend. It might end up being loud, too. Fans were banging their feet on the metal bleachers there. So as a, uh, as a, uh, a opposing team in Toronto, it might be a little bit inconvenient. But, of course, things could change later in the season when both Ricky Ray and Zach Caleros are back on the field. Hopefully, I'm hoping that uh, Caleros is back by Labor Day. And, of course, Ray stays healthy. Before I do a quick uh, recap on the Winnipeg and Ottawa game on Monday, Fraser, I wanted to ask you, Winnipeg has both of their preseason games before 
officially first cut down day. Of course, yesterday, I think 10 or 9.59 Mountain Time uh, was the day. Winnipeg gets to see all of their players in two game situations. Yeah, it's a weird quirk of the schedule yet again. It always seems like the CFL preseason has a has that being a little odd. Uh, I think yeah. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a disadvantage almost because you now okay, Winnipeg's done their preseason on Monday. They don't play until next weekend, and all of a sudden it's meaningful football. So basically, you got two weeks off. Um, that'll be good to rest up some of the bodies. But in terms of anything else, like yeah. I'm not a big fan of it, but what can you do? You're at the mercy of the CFL scheduling, which sometimes can be a little goofy sometimes to try to accommodate nine teams uh, evenly. Yeah, <laughs> it, that that gets pretty tricky. A lot of the stadiums, of course, are multi-use as well. Winnipeg did not look as good in uh, their second preseason game as they did uh, the first time around. Is it the team that they played or... Uh, is it the offensive line play? They ended up losing to Ottawa 18-14. Of course, they're without Jeff keeping. It was obvious they were having a tough time uh, giving their quarterbacks any time, whether it was Davis, Willie, Nichols, Bennett. None of them really had any time to get anything set up. They had okay games, but not as good as they were uh, last game. I think the big news from the game is the loss of William Powell, for Ottawa. Now, if you're a fantasy player, you may have drafted him. You may be preparing to draft him, but he's hurt and he wasn't putting any power on his leg as he left the field yesterday. And no announcement has officially been made, but it doesn't look good. And his season could be in jeopardy. Uh, I guess the good news is that they do have a uh, backup there. Trayvon Van, he rushed seven times for 38 yards yesterday. He, he had a couple of receptions as well. He looked good. He looks to be the guy that's going to take over in the Ottawa backfield and the guy you're going to want to draft in fantasy drafts. Okay, let's get into the Eskimos and Stampeders game over the weekend. Edmonton beat Calgary 23-13. Joining the show is Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast. So not only are we going to talk about the game, we're going to talk about the wager that uh, Fraser and Andrew have on the season for the Eskimos <laughs> right now. Now, I'm going to be the mediator here. I know Andrew's a very nice guy. Fraser, I'd like to say he's a nice guy, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, welcome to the show. You've already laughed, laughed, but thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, hey, you know, I'm a big fan of your show, and, and uh, so I, I'm happy to be a part. And we love your program as well. You know what? It's funny because normally I'm so angry, but, Andrew, I really, <laughs> you are probably one of my favorite people out there. So, you know, how can I be so upset? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. The uh, well, you know, I, I, I'm usually very calm and reserved, but uh, you know, the last couple weeks, I, I hear you talking on the show, and I'm thinking, Fraser, did you fall? Or are you okay? Or what's going on? I mean, I know you're tired because you're still a new dad, but oh my goodness, something is not right. But anyway, I figured we'd get a chance to talk about that. All right, with Travis. With Travis as the mediator, uh, I like it. Where did you want to start with the uh, thoughts of the preseason game, or do we want to? We still haven't figured out what exactly we've wagered here, Andrew. Except I think we've decided that if Edmonton finishes third in the West, that we have to drink lukewarm coffee and <laughs> and drink orange juice after brushing our teeth. <laughs> oh my! Well, okay. I think that's about right for being the push. I, I think I think I'd be all right with that. Yeah, <laughs> we can. Uh, if I find if I think of something better, I'll let you know on the push side. The the win and loss is the big the big thing that we need to figure out. Okay, so I before like we get to that, let's quickly talk about the game. Esks win twenty three thirteen. You did find out on Monday that John Ojo uh, will be out for the season. That is a big blow to the team. But just quickly, what were some observations you saw from Edmonton's first preseason game? Well, a couple of things, um, and you're right, and, and thanks for saying that, that. That is a big blow with Ojo going down and uh, and Watkins being out right now at the same time, and that's uh, that, that's a little stressful. On the other hand, uh, a couple of things that I did see. Well, let me rephrase because TSN didn't show it, so I didn't see it, but I did <laughs> you listen heard to it. it. Um, I'm still a little missed about that. I'm, I'm going to get over it, but. Um, what I did see was C.J. Morgan uh, and um, and Means were playing on the corners, 
And they actually did okay. And I've been watching them a little bit in camp. And uh, what's kind of funny to me is DJ Morgan is wearing number two, much like another Morgan that we once knew that played for a green and white team. So I think that's kind of funny. But um, he's actually been doing pretty well. Omar, that's it. So I think <laughs> didn't Omar and Morgan have those freaky eyes? They were awesome. They were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Saskatchewan fan. That's right. All the rest of us went. Whoa! <laughs> okay. I, I feel like he was peering into my soul. Like I, I didn't know whether to fall in love or to be like seriously worried. <laughs> Sorry, we cut you off with our man crushes. Yeah, he was, he was here too, so I can't really yeah. completely be upset about it. But uh, I thought those guys actually played fairly well. Um, big one for me was uh, Neil King. I thought he had an amazing game at safety. Uh, seven tackles and then three special teams tackles on top of it. He just seemed to be around the ball a lot, and uh, which we know already having a King brother, how they you know battle for every ball and really get in there. So Neil King really impressed me. Um, and then I thought, and I know this is going to shock you, but I thought Franklin showed that he's ready to keep that number two position. I thought he played very well. Uh, 99 yards with a TD. So that I thought that was actually very impressive. And um, overall, the offense was not as amazing as I thought, but it was good. And the defense, especially that defensive line, was just as good as what I expected it to be and what it was from last year. So that, that part was very exciting for me. Do you think it's between Akeem Shavers and uh, John White for that starting running back job? Uh, I think it's between John White and Pinbell still. But okay. I actually think that John White has got the starting position. I would I would be shocked if John White wasn't the starting running back. Um, Shavers played well. Um, I honestly think right now, just watching in practice, and I, of course this weekend will determine a lot. Yeah. I'm curious to see how many balls each one of them gets because right now if you're if you're just watching the practices you would say it's john white and uh, pindell right would be getting those positions which i mean i love shavers so that's that's a really hard decision for me but that would be where i would lean at this particular moment i feel like we need to bring a two and out nation up to a speed on the eskimo empire uh, lingo pinbell is shakir bell after pinball clemens <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. And you have a, and you love uh, James Franklin, like he's your guy. So uh, we we should oh, let everybody yeah. know about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he is my guy. Now running a very close second this year, um, the new middle linebacker Jimmy Gaines. He's very exciting. It's Jimmy Gaines, but we always say his name that way because okay. that's more fun. <laughs> I could get behind and, that. <laughs> um, we actually had a guy in the stands with us at practice, and he started the, every time that he got near the ball or did a tackle, he would go, Jimmy Gaines, and we would all kill ourselves laughing, and so it just kind of stuck. So that's going to be heard. When he makes this team, we are going to be using that a lot this year. So nice. <laughs> he, he's running up the list because he's done very well. Now, before we talk to the bet, I have one more question. Uh, Bryant Mitchell, is he, is he going to be a starter this year? Now, that is a tough question yeah. um, because I really like Bryant Mitchell. I know you do saying that from the beginning of camp that he's actually put on a show in camp, but who do you take out yeah. is where the problem lies. I mean, you've got Darrell Walker, you've got Darius Bowman, you've got uh, Chris Getzlaff, you've got Nate Kuhorn, Chris Watson, uh, yeah, Chris Watson. Who do you take out? And so what I have a feeling is going to happen is that Bryant Mitchell will likely be either the backup or he will be on the practice roster, much like the way Darrell Walker started last year. Right. And if anybody gets hurt, he's in. I think that's where it'll go, but I know Jason is very impressed with him too, and he's been making some unreal catches. So it's uh, it's it's a tight race in that uh, wide receiver spot. Well, and Walker, let's face it, might be off to the NFL next year, so he might be a, a good guy to stash uh, uh, to have. Yeah, exactly, as an and I have a feeling that if nothing else, that is what is going to happen because. Mitchell played fairly well in training camp last year, and Walker just beat him out for obvious reasons, as we saw <laughs> last year. So Walker's definitely here this year. 
And is Mitchell the next one? We'll, we'll have to see, right? But uh, Ed's finding these guys to, uh, to be, you know, the next person in line if something ever happens either, which is great. As for Calgary, uh, they released Bryant Moniz. It'll be cool to see if Andrew Buckley can stick as their third stringer. But let's get right into this bet. Uh, Andrew, of course, you're very, you're very confident, uh, that the Eskimos will either, will they'll have a home playoff game. You, you, you believe that yeah. that will happen. John doesn't. He thinks fourth no. or fifth. Uh, do we know what the, what's on the line I, here? I, I should, I should say fourth or fifth. And if it's fourth, I still say they make the playoff. So I'm not predicting. As a crossover. I'm predicting it like a crossover. In fact, if you gave me third, fourth, and fifth, I'd feel a lot better about this bet. But we've decided that that pushes are the worst thing ever, so we should have to go through some sort of weird punishment because it's a push. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I see this team. I see this team regressing for several reasons. Uh, I'll get to, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident that uh, I'm. I'm now thinking fourth place with a crossover berth to the East. Okay, so. Okay, give me a couple of your reasons first, because I'm curious, just so that I can, I have an idea what your thought process is. Because I'm, ha- I'm, I'm, I know I'm a homer, but I'm having a hard time understanding why you would think that. <laughs> so, give me a couple of your reasons behind it, and then I can kind of agree or not agree, and then we'll figure out the bet. Does that works. Uh, that works. Okay. The biggest reason I'm just gonna I, generally, they got worse while everybody else in the West got better. Because you can't tell me, like, like Chris Jones, and I, I have faith in Jason Moss as a coach, but Chris Jones, and I've seen what he's been doing firsthand here at Rough Rider Training Camp, he's a special kind of coach with a special kind of uh, kind of player and a special kind, I mean, he has that loyalty. Guys love playing for him. Guys love going to the wall for him. And I think they're going to do that, you know, as well in Saskatchewan. Will they do that for Jason Moss? I'm sure they will, but it won't be the same. Now, you, you didn't have a ton of losses on the offensive side of the ball. I think Kendall Lawrence, I've always been really high on him. I think he can be a game-breaking return guy and slide into your offense as well. Uh, he's gone. Uh, Shamad Chambers, I mean, he's just strictly for a ratio. He's gone. I mean, you can argue that, yeah, we replaced him with Chris Getzlaff. I can tell you, Andrew, I've watched Chris Getzlaff here in Saskatchewan for a couple of years, and I've said it on this podcast. I like him as a person. He's not that good anymore. So if you're expecting anything out of him, and I think your hopes are high on him, I, I think you're going to be wrong, my friend. Um, I don't think offensively, though, they're they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I think uh, I think defensively, though, you look at Otha Foster, Aaron Grimes are all gone. We just talked about Ojo uh, being gone as well. I just I, I just see everybody else in the West getting incrementally better. Except for them, I think that a lot of their depth, a lot of their starters, were essentially robbed from them from Saskatchewan. And I mean, hey, what better strategy than flat out saying, "Let's take, you know, let's take all the guys who won the Grey Cup last year and, and move them over." Uh, I think Riley is an elite level passer, but to me, I still have him behind a lot of guys in the CFL. Um, one, I'm all about fancy stats, which is why I love Derek Taylor's feed, DT on SC. Been a guest on this show before. People have started to figure out if you bring a little bit of pressure against Mike Riley you know he's not necessarily uh, under pressure he was the worst one of the worst quarterbacks in the CFL under pressure whenever you actually get people through again it's a great offensive line I, I will I will concede that but when you're able to get guys through his completion percentage drops to about 50 percent um, he's often hurt and I know you're high in Franklin I'm high on Franklin but I don't think he's ready I think Calgary got better I think Saskatchewan got tremendously better I think Winnipeg got a whole hell of a lot better and I just, I don't see where Edmonton got better. And I mean, I know you're at practice all the time. You've talked about guys like Mitchell that, that you're seeing, but even you can't find a spot for them. I just, you know, you, you everybody you talk about there, Andrew, I just don't hear anybody that's really ready to step up and fill in on that defense. And you lose the Chris Jones schemes, you lose the Chris Jones, everything. Guy's a defensive guru. So that's kind of why I don't see Edmonton. Uh, again, I'm not saying this is going to be a miserable season. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm still saying they're going to be in the mix. I've got the whole West division being maybe a game or two apart, pretty well one through four, um, and I just see them being on the bottom end instead of the top end of that. Okay. Well, I know I would completely agree with you about the last statement, that I think the West is going to be so tight between even all five teams. Yeah. I think it, it could really go either way. So here's here's the first part that I'll say is that, on defense, yes, we did lose some starters. Otha Foster, Dexter McCoyle, and 
uh, Aaron Grimes, for sure. We've lost those three. We haven't lost anybody on the front four, which causes all of the pressure, and we know how good that front four is. So I'm, I'm actually quite happy with how they will put the pressure on. Now, obviously, the Watkins and Ojo thing, when we first started talking, that wasn't a part of it. Now it is. So, yeah, that secondary is going to go through a little bit of a issue. But my big thing with that is if we remember back to looking at um, the BC defenses when Benavides was there, one yep. of the strengths of those defenses was secondary. He yep. knows how to coach secondary. He's got Baron Miles teaching, who is a great secondary coach. So I'm not as worried. And when you look at some of the guys that they did bring in, like King, who's looking to push for that spot over Couchy Moamba. You look at Ladler, who's actually played linebacker very, very well and wearing Otha's old number, actually. Um, and then even bringing in Cord Parks, who knows the system already and in practice and at least in the preseason game, looked like he's got he's covered that part of it. So I don't think that the defense is going to be as good as it was last year, but I think it's still going to be good. On the offensive side of the ball, you talk about Kendall Lawrence, and there's only one name that I have to say at this particular moment, and that is Jacoby Ford. So Kendall Lawrence, awesome guy, awesome player. I was very happy when he was here. I wish him all the best. But Jacoby Ford is going to take that role, and I have a feeling that he will be able to be just as amazing in that particular role because he can do running back, he can do slot back, he's got great hands, and man, that guy can run. So, And we didn't even see him in the preseason game because I think he just got nicked on the first play and so he yeah. wasn't doing kick returns. I'm hoping by this weekend we'll be able to see him do a kick return because watching him in full flight is something else. Now, the other point you talked about was Getzlaff, and I agree, I don't actually expect gets left to do a huge amount of things here, to be terribly honest. Where I think what makes up for that in, in that position is Nate Kuhorn is going to have a great year this year. I am I'll Put it on your books now. Nate Kuhorn is going to have a massive year this year because Moss likes him. He is running incredible routes and he's catching everything, which is awesome. And I think if anything, if nothing else, because of the Canadian depth that this team has, they may slide in Bryant Mitchell into that spot that Stafford was, which is where Gesslaff is right now. And now you've got Bowman, Walker, and Mitchell. I have a feeling the offense is quite all right. And on top of that, with this offensive line being together like all offseason, I don't think that pressure is going to be there on Mike either. So there you go. That's the two different points going back and forth <laughs> without without murdering each other uh, I, you know what i will i will concede andrew you're right i i don't think they're going to have a problem scoring but and i'm not saying it's going to be as bad as the riders last year but the riders didn't have a problem scoring either last year it was the defense that let them down and i just you you're to me as long as everybody's upright, you're now facing, and you mentioned the secondary, and you have faith in, in, in Benavides, and, and you're right, there is some evidence to imply that, but right now, you're going to be facing through a majority of your games, Bo Levi Mitchell, Drew Willie, and Darian Durant, three guys who can absolutely chuck it, that are going to be, that the game plan is going to be, boys, let's chuck it, let's get away from that front four, there's some real good O-lines in Calgary, and Saskatchewan's looks to be improved, Winnipeg's is still a bit of a patchwork and young group, so I think, you're right, I mean, hell, they're going to be fun to watch, they're going to score a lot of points, I just, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sold enough on the other side to see them o- overcome enough of the uh, uh, of the defensive miscues on a nightly basis um and again this is me saying this is me saying all this w- with also thinking that there might be a three win spread between first place and 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 fourth place okay well that's <laughs> see that's a little better than when you first said it i thought for sure you were like well, they're going to be at fifth, and then Travis convinced you they were going to be in fourth. I'm like, no, 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 they don't drop back that badly. I mean, I agree. To me, to me even if they're going to be different, but yeah, to me, even even at fifth, Andrew, I think it's a nine and nine fifth place. Whoa, really? Oh, yeah. I don't have it quite that high, but I have a completely different team in fifth too. So that's uh, 
that's that's part of it is that's part of it as well and that would be that would be more of bc really surprising me than i think edmonton uh, really doing anything i just i i just see a whole lot of like i see a whole lot of those west division games being coin flips between your top four and depending what bc can do um i i see the the, the west feasting on the east with the exception of hamilton and maybe ottawa as well so i just I don't know. I, I think I think under one scenario I ran, went through uh, working on my uh, West Division preview stuff, I had Edmonton in fifth at nine and nine. And another time I ran through, I had Edmonton in in fourth. I forget if it was ten or maybe even eleven wins. Like I just I think the West Division is going to be real, real good this year. All right, we need a wager. We need a wager. All right. Uh, how about this? Um, let's say that the loser. Um, has to uh, have in in the the winning team's colors has to change their uh, their Facebook and uh, Twitter avatar a new one each week for a month. Uh, oh, for a month, I like it. I like it. And you know what? I will even go this a step further. Um, I'm in Edmonton for Saskatoon Hilltop season. I believe in August. So we might start having a pretty good idea where this is going to line up. Why don't I come to the turf? Why don't I come to the turf district? What we'll do, I'll bring some Bombers jerseys and we'll do a little photo shoot. You and some Bombers jerseys, me and some S gear, and whoever loses has to also use those as their social media avatars as well. Um, and then at some point, somebody has to buy a beer or, or a couple of beers for somebody else. Love it. Love it. Done. And of course, a, a push means we drink. We both record ourselves drinking lukewarm coffee and then <laughs> drinking OJ after brushing our teeth because pushes are dumb. Yeah, you you realize I don't drink coffee on a regular basis, right? Like, oh, I, oh, that is not in my. I I, I I could go like. Can I change mine to like hot Coca Cola? Would that be all right? Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Mine will be lukewarm coffee. I'll leave a Coke in the truck for a whole day, and then Ugh. I'll drink it at the end of the day. That'll that's a pretty bad push, I guess. Uh. <laughs> you, you know what, Andrew? I say we make that just a universal push. The universal push is a hot Coca-Cola for both of us. We'll take video, and we'll post it to our social media feeds. Let's go push. Let's go push. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, oh, Andrew. Man. Thanks for joining the show. Ooh, Travis is going to go that way. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, Travis loves it. Awesome, Andrew. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show. Of course, we can catch you at the Eskimo Empire podcast. You aim to put out shows every Wednesday during the season. Uh, I think you do game previews on Fridays, but the Eskimos have a couple uh, Thursday games this year. Are you going to keep up with those game previews too? That is the plan, is that I will have a new episode out every Wednesday and then a game preview on a Friday. Unless the game is on a Thursday, then I will put it out on the Thursday morning. Uh, so there'll be some weeks where you'll have back-to-back, which might be a little too much, and you might just want the game preview, but at least it'll be there. Or at least that's the running plan at this moment. Awesome. Where do we find you on Twitter and wherever else? You can find me on Twitter at EskEmpirePod and on Facebook under uh, Eskimo Empire Podcast and Instagram as well under Ask Empire Pod, and uh, we're hoping to uh, expand into the website world before long. So I'll give you that information when that happens, and you can find me on Twitter at Freepalicious. Awesome, and find all the write-ups on the Eskimo Empire podcast at CFLPass.ca. Thank you, Andrew, for joining the show. Absolutely, thanks for the fun, dudes. I appreciate it. Now, coming up uh, this week, we wrap up the preseason. Ottawa takes on Hamilton on Friday. The Ticats will be streaming that game on their website Saturday or Friday night uh, as well. It will be Toronto and Montreal. That's on TSN. And then uh, Friday as well, actually, is Calgary and BC. And then Saskatchewan and Edmonton wrap up the preseason on Saturday. And then we can talk about games that really count. Before we wrap up the show, John, uh, Fantasy drafts into full swing. Quick thing, any players you're looking at this year on both sides of the ball, and what's your strategy? Normally you like to wait on quarterbacks. Yes. Is, is that something that you're looking at this year, or would you possibly look at a team like Hamilton and take the lows at the beginning of the season but reap the rewards later on? 
Well, for me, on a general strategy, this is interesting this year. Is I'm going to be in both of our personal league, which has team quarterbacks. And once again, uh, the aforementioned I mentioned, Daniel Kranitz and his CFL Fantasy Guide, along with Dave Dawson. I'm also in a league with those two guys who put together a CFL Fantasy Guide, and we draft individual quarterbacks. Um, for me, when it comes to the team quarterbacks, the worst you're going to do is the eighth best quarterbacking tandem, which as long as basically as long as you're staying away. I don't really see a team this year that's really got a toxic quarterback situation unless Drew Willie goes down. But even then, I think Matt Nichols is going to be much improved. Uh, so in terms of team quarterbacks, absolutely. Uh, my strategy will always remain just take whoever's left because it's going to be such a crapshoot depending on injuries and things like that. In terms of individual quarterbacks, make sure you get your guy early. I was stuck without a quarterback last year because of some keeper rules. Um, make sure you get a guy early if you're playing individuals. Uh, again, I haven't had a whole, with between being sick last week and, and being very busy with the cross season and stuff, I haven't had a whole lot of time to look at the league as a whole and make a bold prediction a la uh, Naaman Roosevelt, but Pardon me, I love Brad Sinopoli. That brings me to two guys in Saskatchewan, though, that have really impressed me. Two receivers. Naman Roosevelt has shown great chemistry with Darian Durant. He has caught just about everything at Ryder Camp. To me, he should be one of your number one receivers off the board. If you like going with a Canadian, if you're playing the Canadian ratio rule, of course, Rob Bag, um, who, as I alluded to, shook his hand. The guy is crazy jacked, <laughs> healthy, catching everything, playing uh, out of the so- slot. Uh, I also like, you know, one guy, uh, Jonathan Newsom. He's a defensive lineman that's, that's come to Saskatchewan. Uh, he spent some time in the NFL, got into a little bit of trouble for uh, uh, he was charged with possession of marijuana. Charges were dropped. He's here in Canada now serving a bit of an exile, if you will. He's been unbelievable. He's played D-line. He's played linebacker. Uh, he's You know what? Chris Jones is going to find a way to keep him on the field. Uh, go out and get him. Uh, he's going to get you a whole ish load of tackles uh, for that rider defense. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to do doing our drafts. You only have a very short time, about four days in between final cutdown day and the first game of the uh, regular season. So our draft uh, for the CFL Podcast Family League is happening uh, on final cutdown day. Tuesday is uh, the two and out fantasy league, and I'll be in another league as well. So I'm busy. We'll keep you updated on all the fantasy happenings this year. That does it for this week's episode of the two and out CFL podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Club. Grab your season tickets for next year. Saskrush.com Thank you to new sponsor Bomb Energy Drink. Make sure you get on their website and uh, buy some of that awesome Bomb Energy Drink that keeps Fraser angry. <laughs> or well, happy. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see if all of a sudden the CFL uh, blacklists us here. I might have to uh, stop being so angry because we might have nothing to talk about. Uh, if, if you, what we might become a, and uh, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. We might become the official podcast of the Hilltops after this. Hey, you know what? We can, we can talk some hillies, buddy. <laughs> we always have a backup plan. Uh, in Two and Out Nation, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Two and Out CFL. Uh, we're now on Google Play Music. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And we'll talk to you next week.